0: Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower.
1: I'm Carly Chardonnay-Will.
2: I'm Dawn Ennis.
1: And you are listening to The Transporter Room. And we got another great show for you today. We're talking about, one of the things we'll be talking about today is the continuing legislative onslaught. The battles of the state houses continue on this edition of the transporter room. We have Mac Beggs coming to us from Atlanta and we've got Tori Gleason coming to us from the great state of Kansas. And both of them are going to be talking about the continuing battle of the state houses over trans rights. And there have been a lot of battles there this week. Hasn't there been, Don?
2: Absolutely. And I want to talk about all of those. But first, I want to start with a message to everybody who's been attacking Outsports co founder Sid Ziegler and Outsports in general, and all of us at Outsports, because we believe that trans women are women and that people like Fallon Fox are the bravest athletes of all. Fallon, in particular, is a brave athlete, the bravest, because she has endured so much just for trying to be a competitive athlete in mixed martial arts. Now she's not in the ring anymore, not in the the quad thing, you know? I'm not an MMA person, obviously. But what she's done is stand up for other trans people. And all she did was do her best. MMA is all about beating up the opponent. So she beat up her opponent. People make it out to be that she's a man. She's not a man. She's a woman. Trans women are women.
1: Exactly. and the first and recently Dawn, you told me about this i was checking my twitter and i was like you've got to be kidding me what's that first first off to all the people that still want to mention fallen fox it's been 6 years let <laughs> it go seriously let it go it's yeah. been 6 years since fallen fox has stepped into an opt- octagon and another thing quit
2: putting
1: the, <laughs> quit the would you stop it with the fake pictures yeah, you're putting up a picture of somebody that Fallon never fought. Yeah, you're you're saying all these falsehoods. And the crazy
2: thing is, and the crazy thing is, Sid's article is actually from 2020. Yes. I just re I just reshared it because it's Black History Month. Fallon Fox is a Black LGBTQ sports history maker. She's a trailblazer, and she deserves kudos, not this crap. And I would no. just pick, I I know Sid can handle it, but you know he's been called all these names, including he's a Jew, which he's not. I mean, it's just crazy how mean and awful people are. Well,
1: Dawn, you've gotten targeted just as bad by these. I know. Sports people, by, rather by these people that, that are just tweaking off odd sports. I've got it. It's the same tired thing. But, you know, it's an example of the Twitter transphobes. They put up the same pictures every time. And each time they're debunked. And each time it's like. they're the same pictures every time would you people get new material seriously get new material and oftentimes you own goal yourselves on the pictures i mean there's one there's one picture in particular that they keep putting up and they keep and they keep getting the story wrong over and over and over and fallen is one of those and leave fallen fox alone fallen is a trailblazer and an inspiration for so many of us
2: And a previous guest of the uh, transporter room, we were glad to have her on a year ago. I gotta say this though. Here's the thing: Fallon told me today, doesn't phase her. Well, no, it it does go. Yeah, it doesn't phase
1: Fallon because Fallon is like Fallon has moved on to the next thing in her life, and there's a lot of next things that Fallon's looking at. And I'm interested in. I'm interested in seeing what's next. But you know, another another group of people I wish would let it go is all these. All these Republican legislators in our state houses in 20 states now, they're trying to put up the latest Mississippi, where they're Mississippi and Georgia, where Mm -hmm. they're talking about putting together panels to decide who's a girl and who's not a girl. I mean, it's invasive of all
2: the girls.
1: The IOC stopped doing that in 1999. I mean, are we going to bring back the nude parades again like they used to do at the Olympics in the 60s? Is that what they're going to do? I mean, for high school kids, I mean, I I don't know about you, but that's kind of creepy to me.
2: If I it's was a creepy. parent,
1: if I was a parent, I'm like, no, I don't want and, this.
2: And, and I am a admit- parent. I'm a mom. Yeah. I'm telling you, if somebody wanted to take my daughter and check her genitals to make sure she's a woman, you'd have to get through me first. So tell you what, how about we talk to a man and a woman who are really on the front lines of these state battles. 20 states right now trying to objectify and discriminate against trans athletes. Why don't we beam up? Can we do two at once, Carly? Oh, Goodland, got, to Kansas, and Atlanta, you know, Georgia. We've got the capability.
1: We have the technology. We have the touch. So I'm gonna energize one beam to Atlanta, one beam up from Goodland, Kansas. Two energize, two to beam up from two different locations. Energize.
2: You're the best, Carly. Welcome to the transporter room, Tori and Mac. Mac begs, trans athlete, but he's a wrestler. He's a man. The trans part is like the fifth or sixth most interesting thing about him. And Tori, Tori Gleason, she's a chiropractor, and she's living her true life in Kansas, of all places. Well, thanks for having us. Like
3: yeah, I really, I really okay. appreciate, y'all, uh,
2: appreciate y'all inviting. Like, <laughs> no, we're, we're <laughs> glad to have you both. Hello, it's good to see y'all. Hey, Mac, tell us what's going on with you first off. Let's let's, let's make sure we have everybody updated because I, I saw a, a TikTok video you made for the Sports Equality Foundation, which was great. And I know that you're uh, enjoying being uh, on the men's wrestling team. Tell us a little bit about how things are going first off. Uh, th- th-
3: Things are going really great. Um. Uh, I'm, I'm in a really good place right now. Uh, since since high school, I kind of fell off a little bit just because of the fact I didn't really uh, handle on the emotional side of everything that happened from my junior year to senior year. But the manifestation and the self-growth from the last year and a half has been absolutely phenomenal, in my opinion, and has made me grow as a better wrestler. And now I'm kicking but in like uh, the mat room right now. So not where I want to be caliber wise, like, you know, I'm not placing, I'm not necessarily like getting those wins that I used to, but I'm still, you know, holding my own. So that's all I'm happy about. And grades are going good right now. Um, I switched from health science to psychology uh, because I now want to be a gender therapist. I really thought about it. I was like, I really want to be a gender therapist when I grow up. And uh, use that type of knowledge in order to put it towards my activism in this fight right now.
1: Mac, it's good to, see, good to see you again. I can tell you that much. It's good to yeah. see you again. Now, now, Tori, right now, you're on the board of a, of a health center in your region. And you're a J J J-J-J-J-J-Hawk down in Lawrence on the car right now in graduate school. What's going on with you?
0: That's correct. So I've been on the hospital board here in Goodland, Kansas at our critical access hospital the last 10 years. I'm also at KU School of Medicine and the MPH program, the Masters of Public Health. And also, you know, I'm a, I'm a sports Cairo, which is what I did my uh, my, my my certificate of added qualifications in sports med and a three-year postdoc assignment after that so that's kind of what i'm doing just seeing patients and and taking care of college and high school athletes that's how i, I got to know mac and, and and what he's doing and he's just rocking things and i take care of our college wrestlers here at our NJCAA um, squad here we've got so um, hopefully we'll be able to take on life later this year You know,
2: I I can understand why Carly is uh, both an activist, an athlete, and a journalist. I myself am a journalist and an advocate, of course. Mac, I can't figure it out. You could have gone to college and just blended in with all the other guys and wrestled and never had to stand up for another trans athlete in your life. Why are you putting your neck on the line again?
3: I mean, I don't want any other kid to go what I went through. I mean, it really honestly made a significant difference on my mental health uh more than what I thought would would be. And um I didn't handle it as well as I should have. And for someone with like such a strong head, like a strong head that I have, what if some kid who is like an introvert an introvert or someone who doesn't want to be in that limelight of how I was, and wants to handle these things. They just want to be a kid. They want to just compete in a sport that they love. I mean, that's what everybody wants to do. Like they want to do something that they're passionate about, without having to worry about these bills and laws and people judging them for who they are or whether they have a disadvantage or advantage um, over these other kids. And the, but the thing is, is that there's already these laws and bills already in place if you will protecting um depending on the state but protecting these cis um athletes and these trans athletes so and people are not aware of that and the awareness needs to be made and for me to continually always make that um comment or to share my story to share andrea's story to share terry's story sarah's story Fallon fox's story um i think manual story the- the boxer that, um, has been doing such a phenomenal, uh, job, he just now, I think he just now retired, um, which is, I wish he would have gone on to go to the Olympics and boxing, but he just announced, I think he just retired, um, but, like, these kids need a chance and opportunity to be who they are without in fear. That's why I want to be here right now, <laughs> so, <the> mic drop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it's good to see you, Tori, On your end, right now they're talking about the same. Some of these same issues are being talked about down at the state house in Topeka. What That's, is what is being put on the table in Kansas? At first glance, it looks very much like Idaho, very much like Montana, very much like the ADF again. What's the status of what you're seeing out there in the sunflower state?
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is a carbon copy of the Idaho bill and uh, they introduced it first, you know, uh, we've got three bills going on right now. We've got uh, a house bill that's basically going to throw our medical providers in jail if they provide any gender affirming care, including blockers for trans kids. Um, which we know is standards of practice, the Pediatric Endocrine Society, the Endocrine Society, WPATH, essentially every healthcare organization that actually um, that actually takes care of people support standards of care. And so we've got two bills right now, one in the House, one in the Senate, they're exact uh, carbon copies of one another. They're trying to keep providers and will and threaten them with a felony and, uh, charge and throw them in jail. Oklahoma will give up to a life sentence for primary care providers that actually provide life-saving care for trans kids and so in addition to that we've got our our senate bill um that's being introduced uh in in kansas that basically the same thing it's a carbon copy like i said of what's going on in idaho you see it in montana and basically it's it's only uh, geared towards trans females and that's it um the trans males portion didn't work in the past so they took that out now we're going after equality in sports only for the uh, cisgender female versus transgender female athletes and so that's kind of where we're at right now but, you know, the, the, the craziest thing is, is that, you know, we have five kids in the entire state of Kansas, junior high through high school, that are trans, that are actually competing in sports, junior high through high school. The data from high school from 2018 to 2019, there were 103,363 athletes competing. So five out of 103,363 doesn't sound like a big issue to me. And none of them are dominating in any activity or athletic event in the state of Kansas.
1: Now, so, in, so in short, quick, if I get to the follow-up question, they finally said the silent part out loud out in Kansas by getting rid of the the whole idea behind, okay, they just said point blank, we're not going after trans boys, we're going after trans girls, in a sense by what you were just telling me, if I understand that
0: right. That's correct. I mean, there, it's it's... It's targeted towards females, and it's—I mean, read the comment sections. That's where I mean, you know, that's where our tears are at. If you read the comment sections, but it's all—it's everyone. We're—we're we're back to this. It almost sounds like the 1940s with sex verification in the Olympic Games. This is where we're at again, and where you're going to have panels of, oh, you know, do you want a provider? You know, examining your, your daughter's genitals to make sure that she uh, she's female enough. Is that where we're at with this? Is that and so it's really hard to tell where these lawmakers want to be. And they always talk about like, you know, involving medical professionals, involving, I've been involved in medical professionals at all. And I get it. The data is not sufficient. Put trans athletes in, in PubMed and you get about 60 to 70 sources through there. We just don't have a lot of research, but it seems crazy that they're going to issue some edict essentially, which is what it feels like to completely ban five kids. That's what this is about. Five kids that they're not okay with. And here's the other thing. We don't even know if those five kids are trans females or trans males. I would probably guess that most of them are probably all trans, maybe be honest with you. But we don't even know. There's five kids out of 103,000 kids, and that's just the high school side, 103,000 kids competing.
2: And Tori, here's the funny thing, and I'm sure Matt can probably comment on this too. A lot of these people are so ignorant, they don't even know what a trans boy is or a trans girl. They get it mixed up, and they use these words like, biological male, or or genetic male. They don't understand that there are words already for this situation, transgender and cisgender. I gotta run it through. Look at this list. Our, this is from Chris Moser's Trans Athlete site. Arizona has a bill. Arkansas has a bill. Connecticut, where Curly and I live, has two bills. Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Iowa, Kentucky, Maine. Another one in Maine. Minnesota, two in Minnesota mississippi as carly mentioned montana new hampshire north dakota oklahoma south carolina south dakota tennessee texas utah and that's not even counting the medical care bills those are just the ones about trans athletes so for either of you what i'm going to ask you is this do you have hope that because we have a new administration that these things will go away or is this the backlash  … … to having a pro-LGBT, pro-trans administration, these Republican-controlled legislators who are basically trying to take away trans rights before we actually get them?
3: I mean they're, they're basic human rights. I, I, constitutional-wise, I don't think they can. I don't think it's going to go – I don't think it's going go, to go pass in court if 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 they i i just don't think that it will i think maybe in some states we're going to get unlucky i think it's going to get i think it's going to get down to the point to where it's going to be state by state versus whether even if biden has these executive orders in order i have i have hope the universe be on my side three 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 rule um but I just hope that with this new administration in place that there is change. And with especially other people uh, being aware of what's going on in the situation, if we are continuing to make these efforts on educating people, especially since especially since um, just recently, like you said, people don't know what a trans female is or a trans male is. For instance, the picture with me looking like I'm cutting my friend's throat in a wrestling match thinks that I'm a trans, fem- trans female in that photo I was like they thought that I was biologically born a male transitioning to be female and I just comment I'm just like if you want to talk and have an educated conversation about this topic you could personally message me and we could have an educated conversation or I literally just type a whole essay of I honestly need to just get an essay to where I'm just like click copy paste <laughs> right up into the comments and, and, and just have and just have people just read it because the, at the end of it people are enlightened by it they're like yeah. I had no idea I had no idea there was these rules in place I already, I had no idea that they went through this horm- hormonal therapy uh, that uh, that they were already being monitored by these organizations um et cetera, et cetera, and that uh the state is the one that are failing these athletes um it's not it's not the org- it's, not, it's not the organization it's the state laws that is what's failing these athletes,
2: and people Tori, are not yeah, understanding yeah. that absolutely Mac Tori, same question well, we had carly, you wanted to say something?
1: No, I'm just saying I don't know how many times I've had to say over and over again. That picture's making you look stupid. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've had to say, no, that picture's not it. That's not what happened. Here's the real story. And the wild thing is you can walk people through the real story and they'll still not believe you.
2: Because That's they don't wild. understand, because they don't want to understand. And they don't know any trans people. Tori, you're an out trans uh, healthcare provider in Kansas. Do people change their opinions after they meet you? And do you have an answer to the same question I asked, Mac, about how the legislators are basically just, you know, they're up against you?
0: You know, it's, it's really as simple as this. You know, some people, you know, I'm not the only one transitioning medically, and I understand that. And in my community here, I'm in a town of 3,700 people. We got three stoplights, and we only need one. And so it's hard in a rural community, but at the same time, people are learning through me and I'll sit down and have conversations with somebody. I'll, I want to meet people in the middle because I don't have all the answers. Researchers don't have all the answers. And that's what I try and tell people, especially in this and the athletic trainers and my friends that I work with in, in college. You know, we've had some great discussions um, and and also CAQ sports medicine physicians having conversations about blockers and about what happens if if an athlete doesn't go through secondary set characteristics because of a blocker is put in place. And do you see those differences? And so just having those conversations, I'm willing to have those. Back to your original question. Do I think that this is we got a super majority here in Kansas in both the House and the Senate? So um, we're we're up against a lot right now. And the honest thing is, is that we're going to fight for those five trans kids or any trans kids that ever come before them or after them. And so I know that, and you know, I've known I was trans since I was six years old was, and I didn't have a word for it. I just knew I was different. And so I think that we're up against a tough fight. But we've had we have some amazing we have the first elected official in the state of kansas that's trans and stephanie box and she we have representation finally for the first time in the state of kansas we also have some amazing out um politicians but let's let's just also i know they're small in number but there
2: are some pro-lgbt republicans and there are some anti-lgbtq democrats i don't know if it's fair to just basically say all republicans here and i'm just wondering Do you find that to be true? Are you able to reach across the aisle and find some Republicans who will stand with you? Are there some Democrats who just can't be convinced that trans women are women? Absolutely. I mean,
0: that's the case here, because honestly, these these are my my elected official is 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 Republican others you know, to be honest with you, in Topeka, if you're going to get anything done, you don't spend your time talking to Democrats. You spend your time talking to Republicans, because there are people that really do. So they have conservative values. But a lot of our Republicans in the state house do love LGBTQ people, and they have LGBTQ plus people in their family. And so I don't want to give a blanket statement to say that, you know, hey, just because this, you have to reach across the aisle. And it really comes down to, do you want your son or daughter treated this way? And we do have a lot of people that have had some great conversations in the in the last week of yeah, they they kind of see the same thing, like this isn't right. You know, this is this is what it comes down to, is this is bullying. And so you have to have these conversations with both sides. And even on the DIM side, you know, not all of our DIMs are pro LGBTQ. We know that people are people.
1: Now, Tori, one thing real quick though, how much has the change in kansas's government and the kansas electorate have kind of affected the fight now for example um you went from in many ways you flipped from sam brown back to your current governor and if sam brown back was governor i if i was trans I'd, if i was a trans Kansan, i'd be leaving the state as fast as a car could take me down i-70 now <laughs> you've had a change in government you've had you've had a lot of people you've had a, a shift to kind of at least a moderation at least a moderation for Kansas. How has that change and kind of like flip the field? And also, what kind of grassroots support are you seeing out in the out town to town, city
0: to city across the state? Well, here's the thing. I mean, we we do such a great job with connecting with one another and we've got our our LGBTQ health coalition that's building all over the state of Kansas and literally you are seeing a lot of connectivity. You're going to see the first trans health clinic in western Kansas in a little town town, called Garden City, Kansas, actually a great place that used to have a lot of uh, national championships in wrestling back in the day. But again, you're seeing this happen where they're taking care of our patients in the state of Kansas, we've got close to eleven thousand trans people, um, and so again. But one thing you will see at the state house, we've lost a lot of moderates, and so we're so far to the right and so far to the left. The mods left, uh, lost a lot of positions. So even though yes, we do have a really good person in the governor's uh, uh, mansion, we've really struggled because now we're so polarized, and now it's like a fight every time we go in. there
2: We're got a break coming up. You know, there's you been know, a lot of stories, probably about Mac Beggs. I've read stories in ESPN, Outsports, Connecticut Boys. I mean, every place has stories about Mac Begs. But coming up on the Transporter Room, if you stay with us on either side of this break, we're going to tell you something about Mac Begs you didn't know. Did you know he's a Star Wars fan? It's coming up right after this break.
1: We're back at the transporter room. I'm Carly Webb along with Don Ennis. We got Mac Beggs here. We've got Tori Gleason here. We're talking about a lot of different things, but mainly we're talking about the battle in the state houses state to state of ocean to ocean border to border the trans rights struggle it just never ends and but Tori, I want to get back to you for a second because um I'm just wondering. Coming out trans in Western Kansas. What the hell was that like?
0: Um, I wouldn't describe it as awesome. Um, it, it's been a challenge. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like, um, you know, we the cattle outnumber the people like 10 to 1 out here. And so it's been a bit of a challenge. But at the same time. I can't look at my kids and tell them to be brave and be themselves and do big, audacious things if I'm unwilling to do the same thing. And so I really had to lean in and say, listen, if you're going to be brave, I have to show them what brave looks like. And I have to basically model that for my kids. And my now 13-year-old, who I told at nine that this is who I am and who I've always been, and she leaned in and and said, I love you for who you are. Just be you. And so, Oh,
2: Oh, my heart. Oh.
0: My youngest was nine when I came out, too. And, it, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, and she's she's my everything. And and I've got an amazing son, and they both treat me amazing. And the community, you know, it's taken some time. I'm not going to lie. We're in Goodland, Kansas, for goodness sakes. But they've come around. And, again, that's what I go back to is that, that the transition is not just about me. A lot of them is just – you know, we know from GLAD studies and things that people don't know that many trans people. So here's my N equals one out here in Goodland, Kansas, saying, listen, we're here. And that goes back to my Horton, here's the who. That's my favorite part of the movie. We are here. We are here. We are here. We've all been here. We're just letting people know.
2: Absolutely. You know, Mac, another thing that people don't understand about trans men and trans boys is something that you experienced. I remember you telling us that there were times when you didn't even take tea before a wrestling match when you were in high school and people still to this day think of testosterone as some kind of like super androgen, like, you know, you're, you're, you're turning into the Hulk because you're on testosterone. Can you walk people who don't understand testosterone and, and the positive and, and and real effects it had on you as uh, your your body uh, and how it uh, affects you today
3: I mean I was just happy enough to just be on it just knowing that even though it was such a minuscule amount that UIL allowed me to have um just letting a know just just like slowly over four, like over the four years I was just able to see those. Like just slight changes, and just like my face, or like just starting to get like maybe like a hair, like just like a couple chin hairs, like here and there. And I was, it just made me happy. It made me happy to know that I was able to start my transitioning now versus later, and it just it just made me so more. It, it's it it set off this aroma around like everybody just wanted to just like felt that energy that I was just giving off just 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 knowing that I was being my true authentic self was just was just enough for me and even though I may have not been on the amount that I probably should have been on where my body should should have been on cuz now I think about it and I'm like well snap like honestly those four years probably really did a number on my body. And um just from a medical standpoint, I wonder if that has detrimental effects later down the road. Um So I think about that sometimes. But at the end of the day, like I was happy hitting, hitting my pillow, knowing that, hey, like this is who I was. This is who I am. If I have to just stick it out for a little while longer just to do what I love as well, then I'm a freaking do it. <laughs> like I don't care what anybody has to say. As long as I know what the truth is and the people around me know the truth, that's all that matters to me.
2: You know, there's something to that aroma yeah. thing. So I was married when I came out. Um, I'm a widow now, but um, my late wife at the time told me that one of the first things she noticed about the change. Was my smell about how I how I smelled to her that I didn't smell like him anymore, and you know I was in deep denial because I didn't want to lose my marriage, I didn't want to lose my career. And uh, at one point I tried to I tried to say to her, my wife I said look I'm I'm still your husband even if I'm a woman and she says no you're not a woman you're not my husband you're the bitch who killed my husband. So <laughs> we had a lot of interesting uh, troubling problems. But I will tell you this that there's a lot to be said about these changes. And I don't think that people understand that what they really do more than anything is make us feel better. If you gave cross-sex hormones to a cisgender man who did not want to transition, it would drive him nuts. Same to a, a woman who was confident in being a woman. If you gave her testosterone, she'd hate it. Instead, it makes us feel more like ourselves. That's what all these things do. And I just wish people would understand that's what these medications are for. They're life affirming. They're life saving. And that's my little TED talk.
3: hundred percent. And me and me and Tori uh we had we had a conversation the other day um just to loop around to um uh back to these laws and everything. I think for now what would be something temporarily in place would be a, a good compromise for everybody. A compromise to where, um, Tori, to he help me elaborate on this. Um, I got a little word vomit. So <laughs> you,
0: you got this um, Mac. I'll follow up. All right. Tag team.
3: I got it. <laughs> um, just the fact that like I understand from a parent standpoint, a hundred percent. if, you know you're 18 19 years old you're transitioning as a you you still have that you still have that muscle mass that that bone density i 100 percent agree with that and when you start on hormones that soon later on depletes and become you become on the level playing field of the other of the other females so I, I really try to see in the middle on this because at the end of the day, if we want to see change and we want to see these changes later down the road, we have to start trying to meet in the middle and then start drift, start going off in the direction of, okay, well, since we're now compromising over these next couple, couple of however, so may, maybe it'll take a couple of years, but sooner or later it's going to get to the point to where, honestly, like the people who are having these discrepancies and these um, attitudes and negative connotations towards this topic, they're going to be weeded out. They're eventually going to die out. And eventually we're going to come to a more equal and prosperous utopia, if you will, of like these athletes being able to compete. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) So you'd be okay with
2: with mandatory medications for high school athletes then? Like puberty blockers or or actual HRT?
3: Yeah, that, that that's what I had to do. I had to I had to I had a puberty blocker, and when I when when I first started in ninth grade in high school, I was on puberty blockers and taking testosterone, so both my hormones were being suppressed. My uh, my uh, freshman year and my sophomore year, and they took my hormone blocker out, and then that then I was able to finally get. Hormones in my junior year and senior year, and even then it wasn't even the equivalent and not even close to the amount of of a teenage boy. it was more of an adult an adolescent going in just starting puberty a thirteen year old boy's level of hormonal changes, and that's why I sticked with up until my senior year um and I thought and math looking back on it, and cutting twenty pounds on top of that, like I really messed up my body <laughs> but now I'm finally able to compete and be able to take the amount of formulas that I can because I'm able to now be in college and be my true authentic self. I just think there, there, and there needs, there's not, and I do agree that there's not enough research, there's not enough data, and but it's getting to the point to where I, there's these people that are getting this data. For instance, I'm doing my own research myself and I'm writing these papers for my classes and building up this data and um, analytical data that I have for myself and these other people that I know, I know some other uh, retired trans athletes that are goes to call goes to colleges and they're doing their own research. And so I'm honestly in the next probably five years or so, there is going to be data and there is going to be these um, papers and these, this information for people to see that, you know, that there's no advantages that, that's happening.
0: What Mac's talking about, that's the same stuff I do. And you know this, in the trans community, it's really hard because we're not saying that um, if, if you take, you know, you can be trans whether you take hormones or not. We know that. Those people that take gender-affirming hormone therapy or GHT, you know, that's one thing. And it's just, and it's one of those things that Mac and I had a great conversation because, again, trying to understand people's set of lenses they're seeing the world through and trying to see it from their side and so we just had this this uh, this conversation of listen okay but if, if you have an athlete that's on blockers they're not going through secondary sex characteristics they're not basically a, a blocker you know all a blocker is is it pushes the pause button that's all it is it pushes someone's pure so that they don't go through those things that allows the behavioral health team, the primary care provider to do their thing their the parents and the kid to go through all of their stuff to figure out where they're at. But again, I think that we have more research to do. I think we have more things to find out, but I think it's, it's, it's too early to be enacting legislation before we have all the data. But again, I think there is room for compromise. I'm not saying that you have to be on GHT or you have to be on blockers to compete, but we have to have... Basically, you need to have the MDs, the DOs, the PhDs sitting down to have conversations before you randomly grab one PubMed journal over another. And, you know, Christina Navratilova is quoted in another, you know, that she's, she's in our actual in the law. And so they'll grab a celebrity. And so like, let's sit down and have honest dialogue. Let's lean in and have real conversation about what the science says. And again, 65 papers on trans and athletes is not very many. We need more research obviously and so i'm not against i'm not you know i am wanting because it's a balance between fairness and competition we believe because what we've seen is there is a level playing field with uh, with teenage athletes again under the age of 18 i believe that there is it and and especially what what we've seen here in kansas too there's absolutely a level playing field
1: well i can tell you for me the biggest thing i want to see is number one is I would like to see, for example, I'd like to see the KHSAA say, we're going to come up with a policy, but the idea is trans kids will be included, period. If you're for exclusion, you can't sit at this table and then bring the stakeholders together. And I'm talking athletic directors, coaches, administrators, student athletes, parents, but also, Tory people like yourself, people like Mac, people who work with transgender kids. Well, what's crazy
3: I was taking a look at the Kansas bill that they're, that they're, that they're trying to pass. And I was like, y'all, the, just the, the evidence that they, that they're trying to show. It's so okay. So the old the recent one they have is from 2012, from what I can tell, but they're just repeating themselves. It's so outdated. It's so, excuse me. If, um this is the wrong word misogyny
2: it's 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 so it's it's so it is
3: it's it's ridiculous it's it's so outdated nothing that has a different argumentation to it besides the same argument over and over and over again
2: and let the record show that mac was using air quotes when he said the word evidence just for those uh only listening at home you know Are some good legislators out there, and I, I don't mean to keep harping on this, but I just saw, just seconds ago, that Florida lawmakers have actually decided to include gender identity in hate crime laws for the first time in Florida. So it, the news isn't all bad. There are people who are fighting for us. It's just that there are so few of them. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one thing. Terrible. It's just terrible. But that's one thing
1: for the both of you. Two two part question is number one. What, because three of us here have one thing in common. We grew up in what people like, like East Coast people would call flyover country. What is the biggest misconception you see that people on the coast have about LGBTQ issues, transit to, especially in regards to those who are out and living in the nation's midsection? And secondly, people listening to this podcast, who may be thinking, okay, I want to get in. I want to get in this fight and get in for inclusion. What can I do? How can I help?
0: Absolutely. I mean, when it comes to being in a flyover state, um, like there, there's we have ninety-two thousand LGBTQ people in the state of Kansas, age thirteen and older, uh, by the Williams Institute, two thousand twenty study. We're here. I mean, think about that size, almost 100,000 people in the state of Kansas. And that's just speaking for my state. And again, the misconception is, is that, you know, well, we're just a red state. But to be honest with you, we're moving in the opposite direction, too. And you'll see it. And you see that with with our presidential election. You're seeing that with our state senator elections. We're getting there. And so to be honest with you, the biggest thing is, is that, um, There are a lot of LGBTQ people. There's a lot of research right now. I'm helping out KU Medical Center and University of Kansas with a couple. We're going to have the first ever 13 to 17-year-old trans health assessment study done at the University of Kansas. It's going through the IRB process right now. That fact that it's 2021 and we're going to finally survey things – we are looking. And then KU is actually, we got a meeting this Friday to look at trans and cancer incidence rates because we know that there's higher incidence rates in trans people because of lifestyle things such as increased smoking, other things. We also know that in others, um, they, don't, uh, they, they don't go in for typical routine maintenance because of uh, fear of mistreatment. And so again, part of that is education. The University of Kansas, again, has rolled out a thing, allowing myself and a couple other educators, um, Gabby Flores at Children's Mercy Hospital and another good friend of mine, Brooke Groenman, at Kansas University Medical Center. We're going out to all of the sites in Kansas, all the hospitals and clinics within the Masonic Cancer Alliance. We're educating them about sexual orientation, gender identity, asking those questions, making sure that care is ex- inclusive and making sure that barriers are reduced for access care. So that's the that's what's going on in Kansas. So uh, we were making waves out here. I want you all to know that.
2: And that's great. Um, Max, same question that Carly asked. What can listeners do to make a difference?
3: To make a difference is to just spread more awareness, like to show that you are a part of this fight, to keep talking, having conversations with your families, with your peers uh, to letting, cause I, cause I get in my, own, even in my own household right now, we have those conversations because I have, I have uh, three, three, uh, um, and they, and they tell me this story. They went up against uh, this trans man who was on a, who was on a fem- the female rugby team in college. And this was in North Carolina. They were like, well, well, he shouldn't have played. He shouldn't have been playing because he was trucking everybody. Well, I was like, well, that's not his fault. He was just still competing. He was just being who he was. It was the bill and it was the state that failed him, that failed y'all, that failed the organization. And you know what? That you need to not prosecute him but you need to prosecute the state and you need to prosecute the organization because he is just trying to live his true authentic self while still trying to be under scrutiny so I think just bringing more conversation about this and being more aware of what we actually go through and it's it's we're st- we're here like hey we're here we're here like exactly what you know in here's a who like we've always been here So we just need to keep on having these conversations. We need to start going up to these politicians and these legislators and being like, hey, we have been here since the dawn of time. We are just now not scared to now say something. We are here and we are going to say something now. Because Horton, here's <laughs> Horton, here's a trans <laughs> person.
2: Horton, here's a trans person. So let's so let's let's shift gears. We're going to talk a little bit now of another form of fiction besides Horton. We call it the trans sporter room because Carly and I are real Star Trek fans. But I saw behind you, Mac, a Star Wars poster. So Star Wars versus Star Trek. You're a Star Wars fan
3: yeah i I actually just got done with watching uh the mandalorian with my uncle um like a month ago it was like a christmas binge that we had
2: (laughs) it was awesome and i love seeing mark hamill de-aged and coming back as luke skywalker in the end and if it's a spoiler for you i'm sorry you've had weeks to watch it
3: (laughs) Uh, you know i love spoilers i i i'm i'm so like non-social media and Honestly, I'm more like into watching spiritual growth <laughs> videos. I have Gaia. So um, I would love to be more intrigued with these facts and uh, spoilers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, one thing. Have you, seen, have you seen all the Star Wars? Fil- How many of the Star Wars films, Mac, have you seen?
3: All of them. My dad okay. made me watch them when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, you seen them also? <laughs> Your then dad raised a... you
1: right. <laughs> then I got a question. I got a question for you and Tori. I want you to jump in as well. Favorites first. Favorite Star Wars film. And secondly, if you could drive or fly any vehicle in the Star Wars universe, what would it be?
0: Mm.
3: I would have to say, oh God probably the clone wars are what yeah, is the new clone war Clone the clone wars
2: the, the or a new the hope Clone wars series, a new hope war series or the movie
1: no the movie attack of the clones which was a good one yeah that was the first yeah, one exactly. right
2: yeah no phantom menace was the first one Yeah, episode two was attack of the clones yeah
3: yeah yeah and then the new hope uh a new hope was really good actually um but uh, if I had to mm, a vehicle, oh you
1: could steal any
2: you could steal any uh, want. Or no, drive, we're giving uh, you no, we're giving you the keys something. to it. Saying here you yeah. go. Here you go. Take off. Oh mm,
3: I ain't gonna cap I really would want one of those. Oh god, I'm sorry, excuse me, Star Wars fans for not knowing the proper terminology. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but the 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 machines where they like walk on two legs and like the shoot lasers out, like, the
2: ATATs.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want a spaceship. I want one of those. Like, I want to walk around like in one of those and like just go pew pew pew.
0: <laughs> like, I love them. I pew love them. pew.
2: Tori, yeah, how period. about you? <laughs> Tori, same question.
0: Same question. What? you know what i even though it's it's old i'm taking you know episode four star wars that's still that's still my episode Thank you. um but then again i'm old i'm 41 and so but i'm taking i'm taking episode you're a four. baby i really <laughs> am so I, yeah well thanks for that <laughs> you just boosted my confidence also vehicle i'm taking the millennium falcom yeah, so that's what I'm Someone's taking. Someone's gonna I... take
1: the Falcon. Hey, everyone's you, gonna yeah, take the Falcon. Of course. Well, well, Dawn, you have to. Don, how about you? No, no. I answered this question in a previous it, episode. Melanie and Falcon the all the way. See, for, for me, I will actually. If I had to pick favorite film, favorite film, it, favorite film, favorite part of the film is Battle of Yavin from four.
0: Okay. Favorite
1: film over. Favorite film overall is is um empire strikes back same that's here my favorite, that's my same. favorite star wars film yeah. same. Now, carly the, man, carly totally carly i love you yeah
2: <laughs> no the line is i love you <laughs> I
3: love
1: and you this. say
2: i know <laughs> i know
1: i'm <laughs> well, so i love you i know oh, but but the only place we're gonna, the only place we're gonna differ though is vehicle because my favorite vehicle T65B All Space Superiority X-Wing Fighter. Mm. I mm. want an X I want an X-Wing in my driveway. There's a new Chevy it's commercial
2: a- where they compare the Chevy um Bolt which is a little electric like toy car but it it's real but it looks like a toy car and it's flying next to an X-Wing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yes, I know the full military nomenclature of it. That's how much of a Star Wars dork
2: I am. <laughs> A Star Trek fan anybody besides me and Carly I am I am what so what's your what's your favorite of the all the things you could watch original series any of the movies all the new shows what's your fave
0: you know with with me to be honest with you anything with Chris uh, uh, you know as as the lead actor I'm watching that's just the way I am but anyway. Chris Pine Chris Pine, yes. Oh I my god, his eyes. I love his eyes. <laughs>
2: good lord. I could stare into his eyes for two Chris, hours. Chris and We didn't Pine. have to show anything else. We don't have to see the Enterprise at oh anything. God we just lord. get to see Chris Pine's eyes. I agree. Oh, good
1: lord.
2: <laughs> Chris Pine, come on. All right. And, Mac, do you have any Star Trek knowledge at all? Do you have any? Like, are are you one of those people who calls him Dr. Spock? <laughs> I call him Spock. <laughs> the Vulcan salute, you got it. All right. Mm-hmm. So, so Mac, answer my question about Star Trek. Just tell me something you know about Star Trek. Anything?
3: Oh, I think probably my favorite character. I I would say probably one my favorite character would be um, probably Chris Pine. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's two. That's two. Oh, two, two, God, that's two. Nice. <laughs> Eye
2: candy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Survey said, oh, he's, he's right, he's right. All right, but let's, let's just let's, let's wrap this up on a, on a note that everybody can agree on. This is one thing everyone can agree on. Oh, good Lord. Give me a prediction for four years from now. 2025, four years from now, where are trans
0: athletes? Tori, you first. I believe by then, I think you're going to have more data. I believe that you're going to see probably improvements in across the board, better profiles from a lab and blood profile panel that our Olympic athletes have to have. I believe you will see more inclusion in sports. And not only that, I think you're going to see a place where it's more welcoming for trans athletes to compete at an interscholastic level and not just an intercollegiate or an Olympic level. And that's what we need to see. But I believe in the next five years, we'll see that.
3: I I 100% agree. Don,
1: how about you? What do you think?
2: I think we'll have seen more than one trans Olympian medalist. And I think that Sarah McBride will run for national office in 2025. I'm not saying president, not yet, because my goal for that is 2028. But I think that Sarah McBride, or maybe some other person, you never know, will be a national candidate, just like Pete Buttigieg being the first gay cabinet member. I think we'll have a trans person besides our esteemed uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, who is Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services. I think we'll have another trans person in national politics. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction for 2025. Carly, you get to go next.
1: Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay out of the briar patch of politics and just stay in sports. I say by 2025 we will at least have one NCAA student athlete who is trans at the Power 5 level. I see one of the Power 5 universities giving having a tra, having a trans student athlete and I'll even go one step farther. They will be a scholarship athlete.
2: I'll, I'll add one more thing. I'll bet you there's still not one gay male athlete in pro sports in five years. It's sad, but it's true. No, you mean one, no out one. No out gay male athlete in baseball, football, uh, hockey, or basketball. They just, they just got hangups and other problems. I don't know what their problems are. Any, any, any suggestions here? Any thoughts? I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to countermand that though. You will, you will
1: find. You will find a you will find an out gay race winner in NASCAR by twenty twenty five.
2: Okay. We'll have to have them back in five years to see if our predictions were right. Maybe before then. Well well
3: (laughs) didn't didn't a didn't a professional um, Jason know about NASCAR. Didn't a professional NASCAR guy does come out as gay?
1: What was that? It's they've had one in a they've had one, in a they've had one in a national series come out but i think we're gonna but i think by 2025 we're going to have one not only come out but be a race winner in one of the three national series be it trucks be it infinity be it monster cup i see one and they will be array and they will have at least one race win in their belt by then
2: And we have Jason Collins who played while being outing gay, but then he retired. And, you know, there have been baseball players who've come out after they retired. Today, Pitchers and Catchers Report, by the way, big baseball fan here. And, you know, there are a lot of NFL players who after they came out, after they retired, they came out. I'm just saying that I just don't think that it's going to happen in five years. I don't know what it is about guys. Hmm. Maybe, Mac, you can explain what it is about guys. I don't know. I pretended to be one for 49 years, and I, I did a pretty good job. But I have no idea what guys think. <laughs> well,
3: I, th- I always think that I, I, th- I think I think like the male brain, but then, um, apparently I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just have a different level head than most men, especially on my team. <laughs> like I'll I'll be hanging around the dude sometimes. I'm like. Okay, well, I thought I was on, a level, on another level of dumb, but y'all are definitely on another level. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, hey, my man. goodness.
2: What a way to end this. Fantastic. Mac begs, Tori, <laughs> Gleason, thank you for beating up to the transporter room. Now, the trick is that Carly's got to m- manipulate the controls to put Tori back in Kansas and Mac back in Georgia without mixing up their molecules. So thank you for being part of the Transporter Room. Yeah, it's thank, good you, to, thank you yeah. so
3: much for having me.
2: Hey, it's
1: good seeing you both again. Max, study hard, study hard, wrestle hard. Like I said, I expect Have to see fun. You at- <laughs> I, t- I expect to see you in an NAIA championship. I expect to see you there. And Tori, I could tell you right now, we we want you
2: both coming back. And we want you to stay safe with COVID and everything else. Yes. Thank you for being on the front lines of healthcare and for taking care of people, uh, you know, being who you are. Thank you, Tori. Yeah.
0: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And I've got my second vaccine, so I ran right So
2: all right, energize,
0: Carly. Energize.
1: energize, one back to Georgia, one back to Kansas.
2: Wait, no, Tori back to Kansas, Mac back to Georgia.
1: I know where they're
2: going. Isn't that right, computer? that was a fun show oh my god and to be able to meet mac all the way what three years no two years later two years later right because it's 2019 now and he's a man he was a young boy he was a young man he's a man and i'm just so impressed with how that young man has grown and prospered and and really really sees control of his life good for him and tori wow she's amazing
1: Yeah. Yes, she is. And, you know, just in, in doing some research for the show, I mean, Tori's doing some, Tori's doing a lot of lifting for the community uh, community in Kansas and is really getting out front. And that's something what we, and we were asking earlier about what people need to do. That's what people need to be doing. Just, just get out there and speak and speak
2: out and show up. I tell people anytime you hear somebody make a joke about trans people or say something ignorant, if you stand up and say no, that's not true, and try to change someone's mind, that counts too. That's where it starts.
1: That's so much where it starts, just by somebody willing to stand up and say, "Could you explain that? Could you explain that joke to me?" Because I can get it. Just for at the at one level, force them into force them to have the tough conversation, and and of course again, and for Mac, well, gee, Mac Mac begs is Mac begs,
2: and. I dare anybody to meet Mac Beggs and tell me that that's a woman because it's not. This is a man. Mac Beggs is a man, and I'm I'm proud to know him.
1: But it's also good to see that Mac is – because after going through all of what he went through in high school, to have the wherewithal to continue pushing forward and and taking care, obviously taking care of his own self, getting his own self-care right, but also staying in the fight and staying in the conversation.
2: What's that expression? Changing the game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Changing the game. I'll tell you. I mean, and I think that's something if you really want to get an understanding of the human side of what these issues are, watch that documentary.
2: Changing the game. Great documentary. So proud of, of everybody, Alex over at GLAD and everyone else who participated in making that film. Uh, We're going to put a link to uh, our article about changing the game in the social media. Carly, I look forward to talking to you next week. Who's our guest next week, Carly?
1: Next week we got Jen Fry. Jen Fry is a is a consultant and an activist who's talking about who discusses issues and consults university athletic departments on issues of diversity, gender equity, gender identity, and social justice, and how you bring those things into the sport into the sporting realm. And given the conversations and the discussions and the protests we've had in the last year. Those are vital conversations that need to be had and she's been and she's been doing this work long before this moment. She's been at it for about five years now and has been making a critical dent in a lot of what we're seeing
2: in college sports right now just when we need it most. So, so I'm going to give everybody some homework. Check out Outsports.com Jen Fry. Carly interviewed her. Great piece and you'll get to listen to her Next week on The Transporter Room. So everybody, be back next week. Join us then. Live long and prosper. Steady as she goes and please stay safe.
1: Wear a mask, dang it.